0: Let's let's jump back because I know that you're a success today, and so it was something very instant for you. There was no hardships, no nothing like that. You just kind of were born, and then money was uh, given to you. <laughs> I, I
1: bet people judge you and your physique that way too, right? Like they 100%. just think <laughs> that you know you just you just got good genetics. You got good genetics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> done. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I grew up in the struggle like anyone else, and uh, maybe worse than a lot of people. You know, I was. Um, When I was young, Mike, my family was pretty well to do. My grandfather was a banker in these small towns, and uh, like towns throughout Texas that might have a thousand to fifteen hundred people, he would be the local bank for them. And uh, so, like when I was young, like my family was in the money. Like we literally printed money. We owned banks, you know. And I remember at like four years old, one of my earliest memories was getting a hundred dollar bill for Christmas. And as a four year old, you're like, dude, we're rich. You know what I mean? And and I remember when I was like five. We did an Easter egg hunt and they put money in all the Easter eggs and it was like ten thousand dollars we collected between all the cousins, right? Jeez, like you're loaded. And then the SNLs crashed in 1984 and all those savings and loans banks like went under. Well, here's what happens. When you're the guy that holds all the money for small towns with 1,500 people that own cattle ranches and guns and everything else, you got to get the hell out of there. <laughs> and so, like, you know, it, and it wasn't his fault, right? right? My grandmother goes to federal prison trying to cook the books against the government to help the farmers out while the banks deal. So, like, at a young man, like, my whole life, like, fell apart. My mom and dad got divorced. I never saw my dad again. Mom got remarried. I got adopted. I got adopted, the guy that adopted me was extremely abusive, like extremely abusive man, a huge bully, and uh, like part of, I mean the reason I have a rod in my hand is from him, you know. There was one time where he choked me so much that the capillaries in my eyes bust out, so, and I wasn't an easy kid, you know what I mean? So I I mean, I will say that, I wasn't like, you know, here I was reading the Bible and just beat the hell out of me, you know what I mean? But. But, uh, but it was rough, you know, and I dropped out of school at it, it, 16 years old. The last grade that I actually graduated from was the eighth grade. And uh, much like people that have been through what I went through, got on drugs, ended up going to prison, and, uh, you know, got out of prison, Mike, and was working at this car wash, because that's what you, you do when you get out of prison. Yes. I was 22. Yes, yes. And, and so I'm yes. working Let's at this cool. car wash, and I have w- one idea in my mind, right? It's like, do not go back to that place. My experience <laughs> in prison is different than most people, okay? So you watch the movies, and a guy walks on prison. There's like three tears, and they're like, hey, I'm going to have sex with you tonight, or what? It's worse than that, but I'll be PC for your podcast right. here, right? And, and you think, man, having to go through that must be rough. Those bastards sent me to eight different prisons in two years. That thing happened to me eight different times. Eight different getting in. Eight indoctrination. Eight, yes, dude. Like, eight, welcome to the freaking prison fish, dude. It was terrible. So, like, when I got, but it was good. Everything's for a reason, because for sure never sold dope ever again since then. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like For sure. Like, it worked. You know? They should prop me up on a stage and be like, this guy is an example of, like, you know, what hard time can do to somebody, right? (laughs) And uh, so my goal was like going to go work at this car wash that my abusive stepfather was the general manager of. And uh, it's the one job I know I can get and if I just work hard maybe one day I can have his job, right? right? Maybe he'll own it and I'll have his job. And so this uh, is not like I thought it was
2: yeah,
0: I thought it was just easy
1: cakes from the start yeah, <laughs> It's a little different, yeah, a little different. <laughs> And so I, I work at this car wash and I know everything from the measurements of soap that go in there I could like build I could take the thing apart rebuild it and so There's this lady that's coming in a regular basis and she notices that like you know Dude, I might sell her a car wash and then vacuum her car and then wipe it off up front And uh, she says you want a job? And I'm like, I got one, you know. I love it. I was dead set on. I was happy being a car wash guy for the rest of my life, you know. And she said, I know a real job. And I, I, I said, What do you do? And she said, I'm a, I'm a banker. I do mortgage brokerage. This is like 2003. Okay, so like it was a hot, easy get rich industry back then. And I said, Lady, you know, I'm a felon, and I work here for a reason. But she goes, You'll be fine. You'll fit right in. Come on and. I went to work for her and within three weeks I made $8,600. Within 45 days I'd made $24,000. I was Bill Gates at that point in my world. was the richest <laughs> dude to ever come out of my neighborhood. You know what I mean? And in life, boom, 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 2005, $770,000 in income, right? I made so much money. In 2005, and was doing so many real estate transactions. I worked from home, and working from home wasn't a thing back then. That The the cops kicked in my door because so many people were coming by, dropping off mortgage applications (laughs) and rent checks they thought I was selling drugs. And I wasn't. And so here I am, a millionaire. They kick in my door. I'm not even home. Right. They come back the next day and they charge me with possession of guns, which the the, long story short, I got trafficking of firearms and the guns that I got charged with aren't even illegal anymore. It was a bill that that Bush let expire, but this was under a Clinton that had passed this bill. So long story short, I'm back in prison for 15 months. Right. Go in a millionaire. Well, I walk in before I went in there, have a wife, turned everything over to her. Ninety days into prison. She's run off with somebody else and I'm nothing. Right. Like I don't I get out of prison, go in a millionaire married, get out. I'm divorced. I had to move in with my parents. I don't like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my stepdad's still there, right? And so I got to move in with them. And, um, and it finally got back into the mortgage business and uh, became top dude in the state. You know, the next thing you know, I'm back. I got 15 months I got to make up for, for. Hold on. So you get,
0: out, you get out of jail again, 15 months. Yep. Um, the, the lady that helped you uh, or pulled you out of the car wash in a sense mm-hmm. the first time, was she still there? I passed
1: away while I was in the... Passed away. Got nobody, man. Oh, wow. Nobody. No wife, no friends. Like, so I, I, get, I get out and I go get a job and I work my ass off and I become the top producer at the largest mortgage company in, in Texas. And uh, during the hardest times to do it, 2008, 9, and 10, and then the government has intervened in my life a few times, <laughs> Obama signs a bill called the Dodd-Frank Act, and if you're a felon, you can't have a financial license anymore. Overnight, out of a job. So so highs, lows, you know what I mean? Jeez. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. And, and that's when I packed my shit and drove here to the internet, right? And so I needed, a, I needed a, a, a field that didn't require a license, that didn't have... But I had done some pretty phenomenal stuff in the mortgage business, so I started teaching mortgage people how I did it. And this... My original deal online was I was teaching people how to make money from Facebook in 2011, and people would say, dude, you can't make money from Facebook. Like, what yeah, are you talking about? It's free. like...
2: Didn't you also have a high-level mastermind that you were doing for mortgage people? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Right. Yep, all that remember way that. back in the day before any of this stuff. Was that? 2012. Right. Yeah, right. so I started Mastermind business in 2012. That's when I read. And they it. were high
2: dollar and big groups.
1: Yeah, we were selling five to ten thousand uh, dollar packages back then. So, so that's that's OG in the sense of this stuff because uh, that, that was, it was way before. Yeah, way before everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember I, those. I've had a podcast since 2011, like consistent. You know. So this is you were starting this stuff. Yeah. before everybody and, and, I, and I have a choice because during that 18 months that I wrote all those mortgages before the Dodd-frank act happened I didn't I didn't get to save up a whole bunch of money so one it's funny how sometimes in in the moment you think everything's against you but then you get to a point in your life and you're like actually all that stuff was on my side there you, go. you know there you and go. and so for me uh, I explain that like, explain that
0: to them so because okay, so you're something. just running over it, and I, I yeah, get that that you you lift people, it, but
2: got That's so their story. They, these that's people, their story it ain't your story, man. All these people
0: is like you said earlier on. You go uh, when people see me, they go, I your genetics. Right. I, I could do that if I had your genetics right. or right. your time. He's right. got all the time. Yeah. I got a job. You I spend, spend all, day all day in the gym. In the gym. So so, so let's remove me, and we go to you, and, and I see uh, the jets and the cars and and uh, this incredible wealth at um, at forty. And it's to them, it's again, easy life, you grew up with it. Maybe mom and dad had the money and passed it down, you kind of brought it up another notch, but it's not even slightly close to this. And there was so many struggles. And, and, and you got a, a, a great break with the car wash and somebody coming in there and seeing something in you. And then she passes away and you go back in, in that sense. And then you come back out and you right back in the fight. No time wasted.
1: Fast as I get a job, I got one, you know, and, and what I mean was sometimes you think things are against you when really they're for you. So back, take things back to where we're still a happy family and I'm a kid. And my grandparents are still in the money, owning banks and stuff. So at Christmas time, I was well known to stand up and get everybody's attention, and put on comedy acts, and plays, and sing, and make impressions still about done. everybody in my family. Yeah, right? Last night, yeah, and on, and uh, that's just that's kind of my thing. And so all my life, people were like, you need to be like a preacher or, or something like that, right? And that, and that from a small town, that's all they know. They don't know you should be a motivational speaker or something. They right. just know preacher. You should be a preacher, you know, or salesman, one of the two, right? And so, you know, uh, I look at it as... I'm, I was supposed to do what I'm doing now. Flash forward past that story. Yes, I have McLaren, Lamborghinis, Rolls Royce, private jets, mansions, three beautiful kids, wife, booming businesses, like all the material and the love you could imagine, right? I got everything that I could ever want and more, right? I always tell people I wouldn't trade places with Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, none of them. I'd trade bank accounts with them, but I wouldn't trade places <laughs> with them, you know? And uh, And so, but... Going through all of that, had I not been through all of that, I couldn't be doing what I did today. So at the time, it seemed like, Jesus, God, why, why are you doing this to me, man? I, I wasn't selling drugs. They kicked in my door. They made a mistake. How, You're just going to let them pick me up and put me in there for some ancillary crap? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, uh, uh, Just funny things along the way, Mike. When, when I was waiting to go to federal prison, the guy that I selected to become my lawyer just decides to run as a district attorney in at Dallas County at the time. First of all, he's a black guy. Second of all, he's a Democrat. Neither one of those things that ever happened in the judicial system in Dallas County, right? <laughs> like, neither one of those things, right? This is like Obama being elected president almost, you know? any he, and, he won. and that's how I was able to go. They try to give me 20 years. I'd still be in that bitch, right? So I see all these things along the way that worked against me but now had a, I beat all that so people look at me and they can't say oh he's fake oh he's some internet douche he's he's never been in the struggle oh he's some silver spoon guys people are like man stewman's been through it all and because of that i've got these experiences that now when other people hit me up going through these experiences i can relate to them in a ways that other people right, let me stop you for a second because of the fact
0: that again i, I want them everybody out there to understand this and learn from this because of the fact that uh, I just heard this story and 99.9% of the world gave up during that battle. If they were in your place, they would have gave up. I would have gave up. I would have felt and had this chip on my shoulder like, are you serious? I did my time and then and then this wasn't even uh, something I was doing wrong and you still put me away. It would be like a chip, an anger, a, a thing I couldn't let go. What did it? What? 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 allowed you to let go of or, or use what happened instead of being a bitter person and saying I'm, I'm quitting my life and quitting everything made you jump forward. not even jump forward come on uh, you're, you're not average not even close to average you're so much f- further down the right so what was it that made you go I ain't giving up I am not stopping on myself I'm gonna get better and I'm gonna destroy and, and just conquer everybody
1: when I was locked up one time I saw some pretty atrocious stuff happen. And I heard one of the guys tell one of the other gang members, he said, now that you've got that pain, wait till you turn that pain into power. That's why you make a king in this motherfucker. And I thought, wow, that's like a pretty damn- wait, so I would Say that whole thing one more time, because that it's, is- he, he said, now that you have this pain, Wait till you can convert that pain into power. That's how you become a king in here, right? Yeah. He was talking about in prison. So... And, and so when I got out, I converted all that anger and pain into power. John will tell you, he's, he's we've been connected on, online for a long time. I wasn't always, I got the hardcore closer name because I was a big asshole, you know? I hated everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I hated everybody. And, 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 and I shouldn't say hated everybody, but I had a lot of people that I was mad at that I had to prove wrong. And I used that as fuel. But guess what, you know, to. You know, 10 years later, in multiple years of making seven figures a year, you kind of look down the mountain and you're like, that that fuel doesn't work anymore. And so I had to refuel, you know what I mean? I had to stop and refuel. And so hate, honestly, and rage and anger and all that shit got me to being a millionaire. And this is where most people make a critical swing in their life one way or the other. When you get to that point, you can either be even worse because money magnifies people. You can be even worse. What happened with me is I refueled man and I found out that it was really love and all these things that I was missing, and once in but largely thanks to John, like largely thanks to John. And because of that, man, I just started looking for love to motivate me, like motivated to be driven for the love of my kids and the love of my wife, as opposed because you locked me up. You know what I mean? And it just, once, I had to, to blast off, but once I refueled, you know, cause that rage and fuel, at some point, you're like, well, I'm better than everybody. And like I said, you have a choice to really become an even worse person or to be like, okay, how do I not be like those people and break this cycle? And that was the decision that I made.
0: That's great, man.
1: That's, uh, um,
0: the story is one of those things and, and, and what I love and being able to do what I do is, is talk to people that are so elite And nobody has that easy childhood. Um, Everybody's childhood is different uh, abusive or or jail time and stuff like that. But it's funny, I've never sat down with somebody and said, uh, Oh, everything's been great. You know, (laughs) I I was born into it, I'm a genetic freak, and life has been perfect through the whole thing. I had no struggles. It seems like, and you guys can correct me if it's wrong, it's the harshest struggles that really do separate the individuals and, and, and the people that take the struggles and still pass that and, and move past that really become something so powerful, like you said, when you can use that pain and use that for energy for good, in a sense, um, takes you to a whole new, another world.
1: And pressure makes diamonds. Don't forget. You You were just talking about the bone density. It's the same thing. Pressure makes diamonds. If
2: you look at, and never to take away from the amazing substance, I mean, I get value in in observing you, and hopefully we all do, and and what you do online, and we've spent a lot of time together, and masterminds where you speak and and have mutual friends and peers. And certainly you you, you come with this substance, and people know you have the business acumen. You can scale a business. You can do all of the... uh, Um, business things. But what would you say, if you were to share with everyone, what do you think is the number one thing that people are most drawn to about you? And when I say drawn to, because I, I believe that people pay for community. I mean, yes, there's people come for what they want, we give them what they need. What do you think is the single greatest thing that people are attracted to, inspired by in you?
1: I honestly think, and, and I get this every day, is people look at me and they're like, if that dude can do it, so can I. You know what I mean? I'm literally, and I'm 100% okay with that. You know, some people's like, wow, that's Jeff Bezos. He's a, a one of a kind. And people legitimately look at me as like, dude, if Stuman can beat all those things, I can beat the one thing I'm going through. And I think that's what really attracts them to me. Plus, I keep it real with everybody. I talk about the bad stuff too. You know, a lot of people live these fake lives online. And if that's what people are into, that's fine. But I also know that we, we have rough times. And you know, the post where I'm not complaining or being a victim, but I'm just saying like some stuff's coming against me and struggling and just being honest as a a man or a husband or a business person, they'll get the most engagement anyway because people relate to the struggle because a lot of people live their life in the struggle. They don't live their life in paradise. So they're more relatable to the struggle than they'll ever be for paradise because most people don't even know what it's like. Well, I think what you do,
2: though, too, um, that I just want to magnify, though, as you watch, is is there's people that go out with, uh, that, that they complain about something, and it's almost like an enrollment process. To enroll other complainers, because that's who you're gonna attract. What you do is you open a loop, so that's opening the loop, but then they let the the loop kind of get closed and and grow based on other victims. You close the loop with here's what's happened, here's the reality, now here's what I'm going to do. And it's gonna happen again, and here's what I'm going to do. So you you educate through it, you're relatable. (laughs) okay and so you're you're meeting people where they're at with humility vulnerability transparency but then also this this isn't my story it's my history it's that contrast and that's the thing you do really really well you put it out there but here's what I'm gonna do force of
1: average what you do with that so good we, we call it the e3 method right and this works for anybody that's on social media period like right you have an experience you extract the lesson from that experience and then you educate whatever that lesson was, you educate your audience on it. It's that simple. That's how you make a Facebook post. Like, here's what I went through, here's the lesson that I learned from it, and here's the things that came apart from it. That's the formula, those three steps for making. Experience,
2: extract, educate, E3 stealing it, I'll always give you attribution, as we do, right? I'll take it, man. The more
1: people that it helps, the better, you know? You
0: were talking about how uh, those are the things that get the most engagement. And uh, I'm just looking back at uh, when I I put up my information. Um, When I'm teaching an exercise or a workout, that gets good engagement. Um, When I go through a struggle um, and and, uh, put it out there for them, you laugh at me or don't laugh at me, but I'm going to go through this struggle and I'm going to share it with you. And it helps. Um, it just helps people. And I don't put the struggle out there and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to keep moving forward and keep trying to, uh, you know, come back up. Um, I'm not going to lose focus. Uh, but I hurt, I cry, I, I, I live in that pain, and I live in the moment. So I'm trying to think back if, if that's what I did or was I just complaining. Um, but I think I came out the other side by saying, this is what I'm going to do and keep moving forward. And I love that you said that because in social media, which is everything now, it seems like, uh, you see just a lot of complaining. This is what's wrong with the world. This is what's wrong with America. This is what's wrong with this thing. This is why you shouldn't train that way. You shouldn't train this way. What's, What's your intake on that?
1: Well, I'm not in prison anymore, right? And so, like I've, it's been a lot worse for me. Like when I hear people like America's worse than it ever was before, it's like, wait a minute, do you know about the Bush drug laws, right? Like, hold on a second, right? Do you, you know what I mean, right? Like it's, it's not worse. In the '80s, it was way worse, right? Like my family lost everything, you know, and and the, and so I still think we're at the greatest time ever. I don't watch the news and uh, and I live a pretty good life, so I don't have a lot to complain about. That doesn't mean that there's not stuff going wrong at any given moment, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't, here's what happens for most people. They wake up in the morning, and they grab their coffee, and they turn on the radio or the TV so that they have some mindless something going on to keep them awake in the background, and all the radio and TV does, even music these days, is just some negativity stuff, and and I get it. So I, I've, I've thought about this so many times because, we have this thing called amygdala in our mind, right? And it's basically our fight or flight mechanism, okay? Well, these days, like like back in the cave days, if I was like roaming the land and I saw you, like fight or flight, you know what I mean? Like, and you saw me, like it was, we weren't friends, right? It's like, just there's another human. It was like an enemy thing, no different than a tiger or whatever. Nowadays, we don't have that. There's like crimes lower than ever before. There's video cameras everywhere. You know, people getting along, you know, kids can go play at the park again. You can't kidnap them because there's video cameras all over the park. Like it's a it's a very, very safe place, but we still have to have that amygdala stimulation. So they make you mad at the president or the CEO of your company or this influencer, or this actor that said something you don't agree with because it, they understand that that amygdala needs, we're not getting attacked by saber tooth tigers. I didn't get <laughs> attacked by your wolf when I walked in here you wanted me to pet them right like things are pretty safe and so since that thing's not getting stimulated the news is over there stimulating that anger and that amygdala the same thing that triggers you to go kill something and eat as a matter of fact and the news is over there triggering that thing and so you get all mad. you're like yeah blah 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 this senator did this and it's like dude that doesn't even affect you you don't even own a business what do you care if he did that for (laughs) right like if you own a business maybe you'd see it a little differently or whatever right it's like it's no use even paying attention to that stuff i'll tell you this is a true 100% did the experiment myself. Wife turns on the TV. We get this new 70-inch TV or something like that in our house, right? It's ridiculous TV. And it has YouTube TV. Now, I haven't had cable TV for four years. But it has YouTube TV, which is like the local news channels or whatever. Wife wakes up, grabs her coffee, turns the news on, just like the old days four years ago, right? Like, oh, hey, it's nice to have the news. A week later, we start fighting. Right? Not not like fist fighting, but like she doesn't complain. <laughs> I don't complain and all of a sudden we're bickering. We're waking up in the morning going, you know what, this ain't right and that ain't and like one day I caught it, it's like, dude, we gotta turn the damn TV off. You know, like, dude, we're not these people. We're waking up having conversations that just we don't have. You know what I mean? Turn the TV off. Hadn't had an argument in the morning since then. I mean, it literally triggered both of us. And and for most people they're what Marshall Silver calls hypnotized. But they got this mass hypnosis through media and man it was like we stepped out of being hypnotized we didn't turn it on since and for real it changed everything back to normal so is this what you would call uh focusing on what's important to you um
0: instead of the outside world not or the outside noise uh that doesn't involve you is that what you would say that keeps you on point and moving forward that's
1: a, that's a good point man because you know when i was uh, locked up they have a a thing where like when you walk through the day rooms and stuff, you don't look through other people's cells, and you mind your own business. If you see somebody doing something that that is, you know, against the rules or drugs or sex, you just mind your own business and I kind of just stayed that way in life. You know, everything that's going on. I feel like we're here in like a video game and I'm player one. So it's up to me whatever moves I make dictates what happens around. Is that hard
0: for... People on social media, because the one thing that I notice is, is, um, which is so odd to me, is for somebody to take time out of their day to go on a Mike O'Hearn post and go, I hate you, or say whatever. Um, uh, It's so weird to me, because first of all, I don't know him. It's uh, it's just words that somebody wrote down that's behind a computer, so it doesn't do anything. So it's confusing to me that I don't have that kind of time. To go over and look at other people's things and if I'm angry with whatever it is, to take the extra time to even comment on it. I just move past, move past.
1: I don't think it happens like that. So what is it? I think here's what happens. I think the average person follows like 200 people on Instagram, right? And most of them are going to be blue check people, right? And maybe a couple of their friends from work. Because you and I, we have a lot of friends. You know, your house is full of people right now that are your friends. Most people ain't like us, you know? They're not... They're not, you know, they don't have Johns and, and, and Ryans in their lives, right? So, um, say so get on Instagram looking for Johns and Ryans, right? And let's say that, like, you know, I'm not in the best shape. Let's say that I'm 15% body fat, Right. And, uh, and I look at you, and you're 1% body fat, right? And you're in the gym, and you are living the life that I wish that I could live. It's not that I'm going out of my way. It's just that I logged into Instagram, and you're there, and I'm fat, and I'm unhappy, and you're natty and beautiful. And I'm like, well, I hate you. You know what I mean? But really what they're saying is I hate me because you're making me have to face the real truth of I'm not living up to be the elite version of myself that I could. You know, I ha- at, at events, I have people do this, I have them close their eyes, and I have them go through this visualization process where they imagine them, them themselves as the most elite version of themselves, physically, mentally, financially, love around them and everything else. And at the end, I have them close their eyes, and at the end, I have them step into where they saw the person, right? And then open their eyes and become that person. And everybody in the room will either be excited, smiling, or crying when they step into that and open their eyes. I've done this for years. And what happens though, is i tell people that's who you were created to be and the fact that you fell short of that means you got work but you can start doing it today you know we were created to be a certain person and so many people haven't you and i are are not perfect but there's so many people that haven't even settled for average they've just like you know packed it up and said hey this is just what i get and then they're angry at us for chasing our dreams and and sticking to it and and doing what we're doing so what can you tell them today
0: what can you tell those people that are all watching this and hearing this story that uh, let's be honest you had a much tougher struggle than i did um and you became a true success uh, regardless of the struggle what can you tell these people that are out there that going um that don't have the dream yet that don't have that and they're just living the average
1: or below average what can you kind of tell these people to do well so um it's funny you say average and john mentioned it too so i have this theory and it's called the force of average and so Um, Being a computer guy, all computer things are ran by algorithms, right? Facebook, YouTube, Google, it's all ran by an algorithm that's most likely to match you up with what you're most likely to enjoy, right? And most people on planet Earth want to enjoy comfort, right? And to be comfortable, you have to be average, right? (laughs) And so there's an algorithm on this planet designed to keep you average, okay? If you live a below average life, let's just say the, the homeless here in L.A., uh, you can go get free Starbucks, right? The weather's nice here. You can sleep on the beach. You know, it, and people give you free food, money. You don't have to work. You can get free drugs and things like that, right? And I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying that that you can live a comfortable life, homeless here, right? Same in Hawaii. Um, you can live an average life where most people settle for forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollar a year job, and uh, they go to work and make somebody else all the money, but it pays their bills and they just settled, right? And the, the algorithm of this planet is designed to keep you there. If you're below average, it's easy for somebody that's average to bump you up, right? Give you a few dollars, give you some free Starbucks. But for those of us that decide to break the grading curve of average and go up, there's a huge gravitational pull against us that I call the force of average. It's trying to get us to go back to average. So in Texas, big football state, okay? So imagine uh, a kid comes over here to Texas from India, right? And his parents spent their last dollar to get him here, and his job is one job only in order to become a US citizen, to get 100 on every single test and every homework that he ever takes in school so that he can become the first doctor in the family. Okay, so he goes to this school, and let's just call it South Lake, Texas, and, uh, and he's there, and he's got a 4.0, never made less than 100 ever. But it's about to be football season. And there's two jocks that are about to get 65s on their tests, and they're going to give a grading curve based on everybody's average. This guy just pulled up everybody else's average because he's the only guy that got 100% in the group. Those jocks are going to take him out back and beat his ass, and everybody in school is going to hate him because he caused them to lose the high school championship. Never mind, he's going to become a doctor and save lives at Harvard. They're going to beat him up. They're going to ridicule him, and he's going to be the nerd at school because he got good grades and did some above-average work, and the below-average guys are getting lifted up by everybody else trying to help them. That's how it is here on this planet. So when you want to do above-average stuff, there's this force that's trying to, for me, became a millionaire, shit, six months later, I'm in prison. You know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, family's rich, my grandpa's a banker, Dude, I'm giving up for adoption. You know what I mean? Like, it's just these highs, we say rocket highs and jackhammer lows. And so now I, I'm in a point where, you know, five years ago, I'm tired of this. You know what I mean? I'm tired of ups and downs, right? I've been divorced and everything else, I'm tired of it, right? And so I start looking into what's causing this. And when you want to do above-average stuff, right, if you want to be above average, you have to put in extra effort. And we have this, this, this weakness as human beings, and we are easily distracted. And, and through TVs and phones and everything, now we're more easily distracted than we ever were before. See, before we had to be hyper aware. It's like saber tooth tigers were still out there. Now it's people walk across the street and I'm, John, almost got hit by a damn car walking across the street Trust last night. <laughs> and he's a smart guy. It was a steak. <laughs> yeah. a And the bread you
2: made me eat. eating.
1: And, and so I say that because... We're easily distracted and, and since we're young, they say you have ADD, you need to take medicine, you can't pay attention. We as adults say, oh, I don't pay attention to the details, especially entrepreneurs and salespeople, right? Be, distraction is our weakness, okay? Our super strength is focus. And to beat and combat distraction, which is all the force of average has to do, right? What well, I was on my way to greatness, it distracted me with, with gun crimes, right? I'm on my way to a great relationship, distracts me with divorce. It's all just distractions, right? And we can beat it by focusing, but we have to understand, focus isn't just like staring at something, right? Focus is having a vision and taking the action relentlessly until that vision becomes a reality and so there's four areas of life that we have to focus on just like working out in the gym with you this morning that's one of those areas that we have to focus on if we're going to beat that force of average the first area is our gratitude inside of our mindset Um, if you're not grateful for what you have today no matter what the world gives you in the future you'll still be the same person you are today that's the real life balance we're looking for is being grateful for what we have while in pursuit of what's next there's no work life balance that's the balance grateful versus desire Uh, The second thing is your genetics, right? Like if you, I've said it out there on the porch, if you uh, spend your whole life making millions of dollars and you've got to give it all away on diabetic medicine and, and kidney transplants and all this other stuff, then that money didn't really do you any good. You worked your whole life stacking something up that you didn't get to enjoy, you know what I mean? Or family, or love, or people around you. The third is your grind. You got to get on your job, right? You have to focus every day. That's where the majority of your time is going to go every day. You might as well just understand that and, and make the most of it. And lastly, it's the most important is the group of people surrounded by you. Uh, if you want to be elite, hang out with elite people. This guy is by far the, the toughest mindset coach that I have ever had, and I have paid everybody. I mean, I've spent millions of dollars in in personal development, business development. John's by far the best. I mean, you're 53, is that correct? 50. 50, and, and dude, you still look 19. You know what I mean? Like, you are highly elite, and so when you start surrounding yourself with the group, they won't let you mess up your genetics. You're not going to let me get out of shape. Right. You know what I mean? You'll call me out. saw so your Instagram video. What? Uh, <laughs> you need to come back to L.A.? You know what I mean? I mean, we were it, already
2: friends before, but now yeah. you're screwed. You're yeah, screwed yes, the yes I you're already right? know you're right. a stalker. Yeah,
1: I already know. <laughs> and and that's that group holds you accountable, right? So when you focus on wins, in those four areas, I won in my mindset, I won in my physical, uh, my body today, I won at work, and I won with a group of people, whether it's an employee, your wife, your kids. I do date night once a week with my wife, date night once a week with my kids. I throw parties once a month for my employees. Like, everybody that's in your... Your life, you have to really take care of them. When you focus every day on winning in those four areas, dude, the force of average can't get you.
2: Well, there's one quick though, that, because I think it's you know stories and humor are always so important, and it sticks with me. Tell the story because I think earlier when I asked what's your superpower, that magnetic thing, and it's um, really to, to articulate. It's a borrowed belief you give people. Uh, so I want to further that. Tell the story about when the school was calling you about your son in focus.
1: So my son is in private school. So the difference between public school and private school is they work for me, sort of, right? Like public school, <laughs> like they just, they got like, but in private school, they work for me, right? I'm spending a hefty amount of money a year to put these three kids in their private school, right? And they love me. You know what I mean? We're, my wife is, she is a helper and all this stuff. But anyway, they call me, they say, you know, um, my, your son, he's not paying attention in class. He can't focus, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know what, dude? I've seen him focus. I've seen him pick up an iPad and stare at it for eight hours without <laughs> getting up to go to the bathroom. Maybe you just need to be a little less boring in your teaching to where you can capture their focus, right? And it uh, wasn't really the best way to start that relationship <laughs> off. But, but, you know, come to find out later. It's like, you know what? You're right. You know? It's like, hey, I'm just kind of going through the motions. And, you know, he's not focused. There wasn't anything exciting. When, when human beings get focused, we go to Mars. We create Amazon, we disrupt the banking system, we redraw maps, right? We remake laws. Like when we get focused, things happen, right? And so like this thing is trying, this force of average is trying to keep us from being focused and it starts when they're telling my kid you can't focus when clearly I have seen that kid go in the zone on baseball or go in the zone. He knows how to focus. It's just, it's almost like asking a camel to climb a tree. It wasn't born to do that, right? So maybe his major isn't to focus on arts and crafts. He's more interested in math or whatever. And I think, you know, not to bash the system, ours is good with the private school and everything, but finding out what you're good at and really focusing on that, I feel like that's kind of what we were made to be on this planet anyway. You okay, know?
0: there's a couple of things that I think the majority of the listeners are going to miss here. And, and that is this. Um, the wolf on top of the hill is never as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. Yeah, I disagree with that. And I know that's something that people have always said the people I have surrounded myself with the last couple years are the most hungry people in the world and these are people that are all on the top of the hill and they're even more hungry and I noticed that uh, something that happened to me through my health and fitness years was I won the universe four times and the last time I won it was 22 years ago Um, and so then you retire and then you kinda go right, I don't need to keep that going well that was never my my belief, my belief is, I'm, I won the universe, I be, did it four times, enough. Doesn't mean I'm gonna stop my physique, I'm not gonna keep going forward. And so through the years, I've, I've been here since the 80s competing, and I keep meeting champions, and champions I go, well, what kept you going? What do you, what do you mean kept me going? I, I want to get better. And, and, uh, and then I see him dropping off, and I keep going, and I keep going, I get more fired up. And, and then you guys saw me training today, and I'm, I, I love it. But I love to get even better. I love to come up with different angles. I like to change things. I like to go, now this doesn't work because it works for bodybuilding or powerlifting, but this, I wanna work for life. And how can I get this muscle stronger and this little? So I keep trying to enhance it and I get more hungry. That's you guys. You guys are successful. Let's be honest. You got a plane, you got cars, you got all this. You're financially successful, your life's successful, and you're focused and you still pay for uh, coaches. And I know it was a long story to come around to that, but the point of that is that you get the average or the guys are going, hey, I wanna do this. And they're not willing to do that, where you're crushing it and you're going, no, nah, it's not good enough. And you're, you're grateful what you have, but you still wanna be so much better. And I think a lot of the listeners, if they didn't pick that up with what you're saying, I picked it up, that, that you just, and, and it's, it's all these type of guys, you guys, And the people I hang out with, uh, Todd Abrams, is that way too. It's all these guys. And it's our circle, again, that we're around. It's a nonstop savage, and you're you're on top of the hill, but you're still feeding like a beast. Um, And and if somebody thinks that they're climbing the hill and they're hungrier than us, that's a misconception. That's not true.
1: Um, I, I watched a Grant Cardone video the other day, and he said that you should never take advice from a millionaire because they're scared they have too much to lose. And that's most people's mentality, right? The wolf at the top of a hill, it's scared, it has too much to lose, it's at the top of the hill. but when you can pass through that fear, right? I've already lost everything before, so I can guarantee you one of the things that keeps me hungry is I rest assured that if all this flew out the window tomorrow, I'll go sell roofs and make a million dollars. I know two things that'll <laughs> give me power in any marketplace in the world, how to generate leads and how to close sales. You can't, I will <laughs> never not be successful, never. It's impossible, right? Yeah. And so my job is to empower as many people to be just like me as, as possible. And that's that's that driving, force right that's that thing that but for most but I'm not scared to do what it takes I'm not scared to risk the entire house just like when I was broke see what happens for most people they get to the top of the hill and they go I got a little bit of this and uh, I'll just you know risk a little bit of it I don't want to risk all of it it's like dude the people that keep going are the people that keep taking the risk because then what happens is you're just in a different comfort zone the force of average has just come up on a grading curve and put you in a millionaire comfort zone Right, instead of a hundred thousand air comfort zone, right? And you're just in another comfort zone and but the trick is, oh, I made it here with hard work. I can be average again <laughs> and take my foot off the brake, yeah. you know? And you can't. Again, if you stay focused on those four areas every day and you're worried about winning, then you can't you can't lose. You won't go backwards because you're focused in those four areas and getting wins. Not just on those four areas, but winning in those four areas every day. Something you you did for the listeners and everybody listening
0: to this is uh Gets rid of excuses. Well, I did time. No, you did time um, twice. Well, you, you, Eighth grade, <laughs> eighth as grade far education. as you went. And then I always tell about how Mona grew up on a dirt floor outhouse and only got through seventh grade and became came to America and became a self-made millionaire herself. Not speaking the language. There's people that do this without the college graduate, you know, degree. Which is have the college degree. I want that, but. You just removed everybody's excuses. Childhood issues, abuse, abuse uh, abandonment, abandonment adopting, imprisonment,
2: adoption. Everything.
0: Excuses. Those are all excuses. If you really want it bad enough and you're focused enough,
1: that's our company motto. FYE. Fuck your excuses. That's it. Like, literally, we sell hats and everything. <laughs> with that. That. That's, Love that. That. that's that. Our whole crew does that. Flash Hashtag it. FYE all over Instagram and everything. That's our whole saying. Brother, thank you for hanging today, man. Man, good time. I'm glad absolutely. to be here. absolutely
0: killed this. Yes. Killed it. You thank just helped you, everybody. Man. Absolutely.
1: i glad you guys oh.
0: yep. I love it. Thanks, guys. This is uh, uh, epic. Um, Ryan, Jahan, you guys are savages. Proud to call you friends. Um, and uh, I'm glad you guys worked out with me today because it was terrible just having Heath Evans there. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. So this is great. <laughs> I'm going
1: to be back for <laughs> sure. Yeah, you
0: are.